Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Bob. Hey, Bob. He's a four-time tire rotation champion. When he was a baby, his first words were automatic transmission fluid. Bob's so cool, he has engine coolant running through his veins. And then there's Kyle, also known as premium unleaded. Legend has it that Kyle can change your oil with his toes and that he can tell your tire's air pressure just by how you're walking. He's Bob, he's Kyle, and every Saturday morning they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB. Okay, good Saturday morning to you. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in, and uh, let's get in early so we can answer those questions and uh, get you back to working on that car. I'm Bob, as it says in the promo, along with Kyle next to me. We're here to help you out. We're Buchanan Service Centers, 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, guaranteed brakes, 49th Avenue and Dodge. We're on Dodge. You've driven past us. Stop. Everybody's seen it. Everybody's seen it. Stop in and we're about see the us. only neon on Dodge Street anymore. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we're you know we're old time gas station and yeah. and service and a repair garage. We've been doing it for forty years and your beacon of hope on Dodge Street <laughs> <laughs> and getting your car fixed. So, all right, you know, I, here Kyle, it's going to get hot next week. I'm sure everybody's looked at it the 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 forecast and if you haven't uh it's i don't look at those i just wait for the surprise i look at it first of the week and forget about the rest of the week yeah. it's just there's no sense in and uh we work outside there's no sense in, in yeah you're not going to change it no there's no sense in agonizing over it. but what i was going to say is this is the weekend to get your stuff done before it turns hot and you're going to look out the window and go ah, i can walk to work yeah <laughs> i'm not <laughs> doing it today i'm not doing it today how many times have we said that? I'm going to get up, I'm going to get my cup of coffee, and then I'm going to go out there, and that gets sidelined by something else. Yeah, there could be a TV marathon going on. You yeah. Know, who knows what's Yeah, happening. there could be yeah, some Go spaghetti. check your lottery ticket. You yeah, know, his life yeah. may have changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, may, you may have just deleted your email and got a new one, you know? Yeah. Didn't have to show up, which, you know, it, it was one somewhere else in, in, in the world, so your your chance at a billion is, is gone, so... If you're in the with, if you're in the uh, listening area, you're going to have to go to work tomorrow. So sorry about that, but bummer, bummer. That's just the way life is. So I was really, I really had all my eggs in that basket. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, <laughs> had it all planned out. I noticed you were up at the lottery machine for quite a long time yesterday. Two rolls of paper. Two. <laughs> <laughs> Print them up. Here, you know, here's an interesting trivia, Kyle. How love trivia? How how. How many miles of wiring do you suppose is in an average car? Well, just define average because, I mean, we got some big averages out here. Well, I mean, anywhere from a Suburban to your, I don't know, your little Chevy Cruze. I don't know. The average. Well, you've got it written down right there. I can well, see it. Well, I know yeah, you I mean, can see it, Kyle, but, but 3.1 miles. It's a lot. It is. And they don't need all that, as you know. They... 
have wiring harnesses now. They'll just wire just a bunch of stuff into the wiring harness. And if that truck... Wires have gotten a lot smaller, too. A lot smaller. and Yeah, a lot smaller. And because they're, they're not carrying the electricity they used to have because they got so many modules. But they make a wiring loom uh, for one truck that covers anything from your basic truck all the way up to your... Oh, your options are a plug and play. Yeah, your plug and play. So there's no sense in making, you know, 17 different wiring harnesses. They make one or two and they just got, uh, you know, dead ends or... or you just... see that a lot in side view mirrors. Like you'll get a mirror from the parts store and your truck has 10 wires going into the mirror while your mirror that you got that's got no... Yeah. Nothing on it it's has got, two wires. Yeah, it's got two or 10. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, we'll just shove this on here and by God, it works. Well, the only reason I bring that up is because one of the bigger places that that kind of did all this is uh, was the Ukraine, mm-hmm. you know, and they did a lot of that stuff, and and uh, they were they were kind of a powerhouse for a lot of different things, agriculture, wiring looms, a lot of car parts and things like that, and that's part of the supply chain problem. Is there an address on there? I got some grievances I could maybe hear. <laughs> well, the old cards you have, you can just go buy a spool of wire and just wire it. Yeah, got a you know, forty five minutes to an hour. You probably get half. Yeah, you probably got fourteen wires, and that's about it, and one ground. One ground. (laughs) All right, we're gonna head over to Doug. Doug's calling in early today. Doug's got a two thousand Dodge Caravan. Doug, what's going on? Well, my I don't caravan doesn't want to run consistently. Yeah. Um, Nothing unusual. Last time I called. (laughs) Pardon. Nothing unusual there. Well, that's why they call it the Adam Caravan. I yep, use yep. it for fishing in a backup vehicle. There you go. So, uh, what's happening is, last time I called you, it uh, you started and you couldn't keep it running. So we checked the idle air sensor or idle air valve. I guess we replaced that, cleaned out the throttle body, which was just loaded with carbon, being a 2000. Mm-hmm. And now... It starts great, it runs great, but once it warms up, it'll be running, and then when it comes down to an idle at a stoplight, or if you're on the interstate and you let off the gas, it drops down to like an idle speed, and then dies. Hmm. Well, I'm wondering, could it be fuel pump, or not fuel pump, fuel filter? Doubt it. Being a 2000 with 180,000 miles on it. I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it too. I mean, you'd be doing it all the time. You'd have a no running situation. That pump is pretty much deadheaded any time that vehicle is running. Well, what, what about the filter? What about the filter? Filters. Fine. Or is that all together? It as you're driving down the road, you're asking for a bunch of demand, and if you had any kind of problem with that fuel filter, it wouldn't be able to get flow through it. You'd have a bigger problem. You wouldn't right? get up to speed. You wouldn't get up to speed. It would just be. It would be like sucking through a straw that's half closed. It just wouldn't get enough fuel for the demand that the engine needs. I agree with Kyle. That's it's probably great because I really didn't like the idea of dropping the gas tank. Yeah, uh, leave it there. Yeah, um, <laughs> with situations like that, when you're coming off the interstate and you come to a stop and it dies, I mean, I kind of want to see what gear the transmission's in. Right. You know, if I was to plug a scanner into that, you better believe that'd be one of the PIDs I pick out is what commanded gear and what actual gear this transmission's in. I mean, are you coming to a stop in second gear? Yeah. And then it's killing the engine. You're restarting the engine and the transmission well, no, pump I, I, and going it'll, to first. It'll, just do, it'll do it while I'm going down the interstate, driving okay. on the interstate. You let off the gas, and it just goes down, and it doesn't maintain a high enough idle Okay. to So you're um, coasting. To keep running. 
If you're coasting, I mean, it's not going to be looking for an idol, but I mean. If no... I'm coasting, it, it'll die. Okay. So, so driving in town, once it starts that process, you have to do the left foot brake to keep the the RPMs up. So, Which is just a whole lot of fun. Did, did you uh, not did, really? Did you clean the idle speed control motor or replace it? Uh, the the idle air yeah valve I replaced it. Okay, okay. all right. So it was. I thought you know what? That's cheap enough. If I got to take it apart, swap it. Okay, so was it having this problem before you replaced it? Yeah. Yes. He said it okay. was okay. idle, and we kind of got better. Yeah. Just when I called sure. you years ago, it <laughs> was so bad I couldn't keep it running. So I replaced it, and it got a whole lot better, but now it's doing this. Okay. It's as, as if it's starting to revert. So is there is there any codes in this car? Is there check engine light on at all? Nope. Okay. So with I, no I, check I, engine I light and a dying good. problem, the first thing I want to look at is crank and cam sensor. Make sure that those are in sync. Because um, okay. they can have issues internally where they're heating up and it's a coil, it's a winding, it breaks down. They can have an issue, which is not uncommon to see in a Dodge. That My Dakota had the same issue. Yeah. And it did the same. It didn't do this, but it would get to the point it just died and it wouldn't restart until it cooled off. Sure. I replaced that cam position sensor and it ran like a million bucks. Sure. Until it died again. And then I always had a spin with the toolbox. Um, yeah, that was Because common. it wasn't that was common for that vehicle to have cam sensors go bad and die and do mm-hmm. all sorts of funny, weird things. So, I mean, with it doing what it's doing consistently when it happens, I mean, we can rule out mechanical. We can rule out maybe an electrical, like a broken wire or a bad connection in a wire. We can rule that out because it it doesn't do it erratically. So, I mean, we're down to a sensor breaking down. Right. So, the, the computer has a desired idle. And when it comes, when you let your foot off the gas, the computer says, "I need it 800. That's what I need." And and, uh, and if it can't maintain it that, eight, yeah, it can't ma- it can't get to the 800 that the computer wants it to do is because it's a sensor that's that's whack. You know, it's wacky. Yeah. Does it doesn't say what it wants, so that's what has a problem. That older car in Dodge, I mean, they have a minimum error relearn in the scanner forum, but I mean. It's something mm-hmm. we always do when we replace those motors or clean throttle plates is relearn yeah. your base idle, relearn your minimum airflow, uh, and that has to be done with a programmer. But can, can he do that by taking the cables off and holding them together for five minutes and just let it idle and, and let I it kind of relearn that way? I know, I know uh, Toyota products would do that. I don't know if that's possible on a Dodge. Yeah, yeah. So maybe you did everything right. We just didn't go through or, or didn't go through and – and reset all of that adaptive, so to speak, yeah. you know, in order to get everything kind of back yep. to a baseline so it can learn from there because it kind of learns a little bit. Once you get it back to a, a baseline zero, then it kind of ad- learns and adapts to, to what needs to go on. That sounds exactly what's happening. So yeah. what's that cost to reprogram that? No, can't be a whole lot. No, I just but it has more time. Just kind of, it's more time than than anything else. So I would probably say you are in the hundred, hundred and fifty range, somewhere in that range. By the time you hook up, kind of okay. check everything out, because what we're going to do is look through all of that data to see if there's if everything needs to be where it's at, and some things stick out. We'll go, okay, well that's not right. Let's do this, and then it's it can, it's a little bit of a process, mm-hmm. you know. It, you, you just, I, I get it. I just, yeah. 
I'm yeah. an IT guy. When I hear programming, I'm thinking, you know, pull the lever on the spendometer because programmers charge a premium. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it just, yeah, you figure you probably have an hour labor into it, and then from because you got to look at everything and then say, okay, this is out, this is out, that looks good, that looks good. Just you know where you're going. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. You have to check. You have to check the computer to make sure everything's talking to each other and everything's yep. set where it should be. Yep, it's just a big circle. It can change a major component. It is okay. It's, it's just a big circle. Everything's got to communicate, and when something doesn't, it gets thrown out of whack. Well, that's. You know, but you made my day though, because I was I was really hating to think you know taking that gas tank down with those nice crusted two thousand vintage yeah. bolts and everything. Yeah, no, I'll leave that alone. Um, yeah, leave it alone. Thank goodness. Thank you. you made my day there, guys. All right. Sounds good. Let, let me know how things turn out. Oh, trust me, I will. All right. Appreciate we'll running again. All right. Appreciate it, Doug. Appreciate the call. All right. 558 is the numbers to get in, and uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in a minute. All right. We are back in the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558 is the numbers to get in. Give us a call about that break question, that dying question that. Uh, Car dies, squeaks, rattles, bumps, booms. Somebody's got a question about their car, and I'm ready oh, to answer it. Yeah, yeah, we got we got to get some. You know, the, the, it seems like the all the heat that we had that it's got to be broke. It's got to be broke. It is broke. We we know that by the, yeah. the amount of cars we're working on. It's broke. No, I was thinking that it seems like the potholes have gotten worse. Are and, they again? Are they back? Well, you know, and then the whatever potholes aren't a hole. Seems like the pavement's buckling. Mm-hmm. And uh, from the heat and then cooling down, so your sus- I think your suspension's just taking a beating. Yeah, I don't really get to see many of the potholes anymore, being only a mile away from work. I just, oh. and they just redid my road, so yeah, well, doing lucky, pretty good for now. Lucky you, lucky you. So here's something else that um, some of the luxury vehicles were were talking about. Um, it's it's kind of a new thing. I think they're testing it out. We'll see how far it goes. It's it's kind of micro. Uh, transactions. So the, the way this kind of works is you're going to buy a car um, and they're kind of working this out in the upscale cars as as they do. Okay. But you know, if it works out, you know, it's going to trickle down to your car. Yeah. Um, is that you buy a car with all the accessories. Sure. But then if you want heated seats, they're going to charge you $8.95 a month. To have heated seats. This is like driving a vending machine at this point. A little bit. Good good analogy. Or you can pay $180 for the whole year and have heated seats all day long. So we're back to renting a car. Yeah. When, <laughs> exactly. So you're buying a car. and Renting get, the options. You're renting the options. And uh, so you buy a car for whatever, in a luxury brand of $80,000, $100,000. And then uh, I suppose it probably comes with a six-month you-get-everything clause. And then after that, you gotta start renting it. So you know what? As soon as that kicks in, that's strike three for me. Auto <laughs> manufacturers, I'm out. I'm keeping my '62 going. So then you go, you say, hey, you know my heated my heated steering wheel is great, and I love it, and I love the one in my truck in the winter time too. And then all of a sudden, it quits working. So then you take it into the technician to, and pay him money to kind of sit down, check all this out to find out. So you're you, paying to fix your rented option. Yeah, that you lost your credit card last month, and now. The numbers changed, and they wanted to charge you, and it didn't go, and it kicked off the. You just know that's coming. You just know it's coming. They, they didn't charge your credit card, therefore they shut it down. I just wonder what the, what people think about. Really? 
Yeah, I just I just wonder what everybody's reaction is that's going to be because uh, call us. Somebody has an opinion about this. I'm not going to be happy. I can tell you what. Yeah, I am not going to be happy. No, I'm no. I'm going to figure out how to if it's there. You bet I'm going to get the wiring diagram and figure oh, out how I to bypass just about right. It. I'm going to. I'll run. have a million positives coming off that battery <laughs> terminal. <laughs> Over the power seats, heated seats. Uh, I will burn out every diode in that car until this thing works the way I want it to. Exactly. There you go. That's what Kyle and I are going to do. I don't know what the rest of you are going to do if this comes around. but that's I'll go what... back to, it'll be like days of thunder. I got 14 toggle switches in front yeah, of me. Yeah, yeah. heated seat. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, it's going to be like a race car. We're yeah. firing it off for the morning. Yep. All right. <laughs> just, that's that. Well, anyway, we'll talk about that more down see if it comes out. It's just kind of interesting. Cannot wait. We're going to head over to Matt. Matt's got an 09 Honda Accord. Matt, what's going on? Hi, how you doing? Good. Um, I've been having a thing with it, I don't know, a few months now. I've got the original key fob. It's the key with the plastic part of the fob with the lock unlock and the red panic button and the trunk sure. thing. Yep. There seems to be something going on. Uh, I There was a time a few months ago I walked outside and all of a sudden, all my windows and the moonroof were wide open. I've kind of tried. To, I think I figured it out. Maybe if I touch the panic button on the key, all of a sudden, it opens all the windows and the moonroof. Wow. I'm trying to <laughs> see what that is. That's not supposed to happen. No. That's kind of a cool option you didn't know you had. Do you got another key fob at all to try? No, I just have this one key. Okay. Well, and I've had I've had plenty of work done with this car through the Honda dealer, and I'm not going to go there with you. What's the problem? Well, so um, those things take a lot of use. They're in and out of your pocket. You drop them at least two, three times a month. I know I drop mine. So uh, you know it's there's something. There's a little tiny circuit board in there, and you press one thing, things could happen around. So I think that's your first place to kind of start. Here's my thought on this and it's just a thought like anything else comes out of my mouth but nothing on that key fob is programmed to operate windows or anything no. like that and to the best of my knowledge neither is the module it communicates with right i mean oh nine you're still fairly primitive as far as a telematics con- communication module I mean, essentially, that thing's just working with your tire pressure monitor and that key fob. But do you suppose that pressing a certain amount of combination of buttons on that thing could make it happen? Are you talking about, like, the cheat code on Mario Brothers? Uh, kind of. Uh, <laughs> I'm... And, that, and, and, it's, and it just all happens with the key fob? Yeah. Okay. So I guess we got to start somewhere. And I think you're starting somewhere. Is the key fob look pretty good? Is it just kind of worn? Is it kind of, is it suspect? Um, it works. It works pretty good. I know. It, I know it happened like two days ago when I was walking out to the car, and then when it happened, I looked at the key fob, and it has like a little tiny like red button that blinks on it. Yeah. That was blinking, and I think maybe this is happening if I accidentally touch the panic button here's a thing that i want to try first take the battery out of that key fob for a week see if it happens mm-hmm. that other... way we take the key fob totally out of it and we can see hey is this just something that's randomly happening yeah yeah and then you can yeah, I'm, consider- 
I'm considering trying to get just a regular key for it for the doors because it still has the door locks on it. Oh yeah, there you go. Go, go get, you. Well, that's what I was going to recommend. So you can, you can. We got to start somewhere, and it's either the key fob itself or it's something in the car that the that the key fob is communicating with. So before we go there, before we go to step number two, let's go back to step one. You can go to a locksmith, and they can. There's certain locksmiths in town. You'll kind of look up which one. Um, I can help you with that off the air. And and they can make you a new key and everything else and They'll program it. Clone your transmitter, yeah. and away you go. And away you go. You got all new buttons, and everything should work fine. Uh, you can pull the pull the battery out like Kyle, or you can just go get, uh, like Kyle suspected, or you can just go get you a valet key, mm-hmm. and you can just unlock it and lock it that way. Right. Okay. That's, yeah, it's just kind of driving me a bit crazy. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody now it's driving me crazy. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now I'm thinking I'm going to get a wiring diagram as soon as I leave here and look at this. Yeah, you don't want to come back after you've locked it all up and all the windows down, the sunroof open. That's that. Uh, yeah. What what is going to happen while it's raining? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, let's start before we go to the communication inside the car that the transceiver. Let's 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 look at what the the key fob is first. I mean, that's going to be the cheaper thing. And we can kind of go from there. So, yeah, try that. Give us a call back. Let us know if we can help some more. Thank you. All you right. Bet, Mike. Have a good day. Yep. Thanks for the call. All right. We're going to take a quick break on the Mr. Mechanic Show, 558 1110. We'll be back in a moment. The Mr. Mechanic Show is brought to you by Buchanan Service Center. Two locations 79th and Dodge and 50th and Dodge in Omaha. All right, we are back at the Mr. Mechanic Show, 558-1110. Numbers to get in. Let's help you out with your car questions, car concerns. Uh, we're going to head over to Mike. Mike's got a 2010 town and country. Mike, what's going on? Good uh, morning, guys. Morning. I have uh, a, uh, well, you already know, 2010 town and country with a 3.8. It's got extended cranking when starting. The code scanner says it's a uh, crank sensor, so we'll replace the can- the crank sensor didn't change a thing and thought maybe it might be the cam sensor change that still exactly the same when you're cranking it the tack don't move i don't know if that's got anything until it starts you know it just lays down at the bottom and uh, it still says crank sensor so i'm not really sure where to go from here when does it not i mean you said crank uh, extended crank time is this does it all the time? All the time or just first thing yeah. in the morning? Yeah. All the time. Okay. All the time. All the time. Yeah, and it so, appears to run just as good as it ever did once it started. Always starts, and that's the only thing is extended thing. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. And so you got a brand-new crank sensor in there. you got a brand-new cam mm-hmm. sensor in there. I know Chrysler right. will have an extended crank time if the crank sensor isn't working. And they'll still start mm-hmm. off the cam sensor, and they'll just go into, like, that kind of a limp mode to where it'll run off limp, of that. Yeah. And it's still able to find top dead center. So what mm-hmm. I'm going to want to look at is that wiring harness from your crank sensor to your computer. And okay. in the shop, I use a scope, and I just go over to the computer, and I can plug it in, and I can see my field, and I can compare it to what's coming off the actual sensor. That's going to be kind of hard for you at home. Yeah. But... Yeah. Uh, the the Power coming in to the crank sensor is fine, the ground's fine, but I didn't have any way of checking, you know, whether it's receiving the signal, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Right. I'm a little suspicious of the crank sensor. Art store I got it at, and it seems like lately all they got is their cheapest house brand. Sure. And I don't usually get that, but I did buy one because I thought I needed it. You know, I should have gone somewhere else. But anyway, I just kind of was curious if you thought, this, you know, maybe that could possibly be it. Sure. Know? Is this something we got to relearn, Kyle? There is a crank variation learned for that, but it should start. Right. So Yeah, uh, it starts. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's everything, like I say, is just. Yeah, that long crank thing. should go hey. away. Yeah, so the reason that there's a, a relearn for that is you, it's got to be in sync because it can crank and crank and crank, but until the computer finds where the cam sensor's at mm -hmm. in order to find Ooh. out where number one is because it wants to Ooh. fire on a certain cylinder, it's got to know where that certain cylinder is, for example, number one, until it figures that out, that's your long crank, and that's why it won't start. Uh, to suspect okay, your so crank to, to suspect your crank sensor and cam sensor is, is a valid deal. Um Sometimes when you have issues like that and you have a problem, then you put in another problem part and it throws you into left field. Um, Does the car seem to run okay and have plenty of power? Yeah, it's fine. It goes okay, down so downtown. In I theory, we can rule out. We put it in. Pardon me. In theory, we can rule out cam timing then. So I would right. suspect that we're in time mechanically. Right. Right. Yeah, I would say that too. Just my experience but, sure um uh, well can will it relearn on its own by driving it or do you mean it has to be done by a scanner it should be done by a scanner yeah odds are it's okay. not going to well, adapt on its own no it's it's in the computer itself and you just have to basically mm -hmm. relearn it to zero and the, the scanner is kind of the way to do mm -hmm. that and well i think that may have been done or i didn't have the scanner friend of mine's got his okay. snap on one and, sure. and i think he did that Okay, so, so if that's you been know, but done. But I didn't specifically ask him, you know, we were hashing everything else over, you know. Mm -hmm. So if he has a snap-on scanner, I mean, odds are he has at least a two-channel scope, you know, and he might mm -hmm. be able to plug in there and get a reading from cam and crank sensor and compare them. But... And, and see if that new crank okay. sensor, if, if the waveform on that new crank sensor is, is funny or weird. Yeah, it should just be a square wave. Yeah. I mean, nothing really... Well crazy about it that you're going to look for it should just mm -hmm. look like a bunch of blocks moving down the screen but okay. i mean dodges so, i can't exactly remember how the wiring harness works on this one but they i know for a lot of years they had problems because they were running their loom underneath the battery box and they get corrosion there well it's it's yeah it's back there on the uh where the transmission kind of is at and it's mm -hmm. just right for it's, it's got a nice little perch back there for the uh, squirrels to sit and just chew on wires, and uh, I've seen many of that. I'll... Yeah, get a good, get a good look at that wire harness yeah. just visually. Okay. See, Anything see a... looks weird, just get it apart. Yeah, something might be touching. Is okay. it kind of cranking well, back and forth and touching? The only thing I could say about that, I think before we got the car, I think transmission had been changed, and the wiring harness, as far as I could trace it, went in a different location than where I think it should have gone, and I wonder if maybe something in there i guess they yeah. could be you know rubbed or chafed or bent or something visual so, checks right, well, yeah I'll... visual checks is the first place to start you we fix a lot of cars just by saying oh look at that look at yeah. what happened there would yeah. you so, look at it yep <laughs> <laughs> okay well i'll give that a try guys Thanks yep, try. A lot. all right appreciate the call all right we're gonna head over to forest forest has got a 67 gtx forest what's going on today that is a cool Not car much. <laughs> Not much. Thanks for taking my call. So, sure. uh, yeah, 1967 GTX 440. 
Um, my question is, um, it's my dad's car. He doesn't drive anymore, so I'm taking care of it. It's in the garage, and I start it up, and I take it out around the block just to keep it going. Um, recently, when I was driving around the block, I turned around on an incline in reverse, and it died on me. So I called a mechanic friend of mine. Hey, we come over, take a look at it, you know, listen to it. And we noticed that the carburetor was leaking. Mm-hmm. So my question is, it's the original carburetor. Would you guys recommend replacing it with a new one or keep it original? How original the is the rest the of the car? What's that? How original is the rest of the car? Everything is original. No, it's Don't never touch been that carburetor. Dodge guys and the people that... They're a different breed, but, I mean, if that car is all, all 100% original, numbers matching, I mean, you would seriously hit yeah. the value of that car by so putting an Edelbrock or something on there. I mean, if that carburetor is still rebuildable, keep it alive. All right. I didn't, I didn't know. I mean, I, I talked to my dad about it. He says, yeah, I want to keep it all original. So. Yes. And, and even – so and here's what we did to a, a car not too long ago is that the original carburetor that we had – was just no longer rebuildable internally. So mm-hmm. we went and got an Edelbrock and put it on there, and we made the car run beautiful, and it, it runs great. Uh, but we saved the carburetor, put it in a box, and then I said take it home, put it on a shelf, don't you know, mark it as what it is so that it can go back to that vehicle should anything ever get sold. So don't get rid of it. Uh, but if it's not rebuildable, move to your next step and make it drivable, make it useful, make it, you know, uh, something great to drive, but don't ever get rid of the carburetor. Okay. Does it matter that it's already been rebuilt 15 years ago? No. They've all been rebuilt. Yeah. It needs it again. Every one of them. Yeah. Float stick. Everything sticks. It just, it was old technology that, yeah. Needs work. Needs work. Especially those cars. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Not not those cars. Especially especially old cars. Not just that car. Yeah, I'm trying to keep it going. I mean, I'm going to replace, you know, other stuff on it. Just keep it, yeah. keep it going. But my point is you don't want to overhaul that carburetor, and, it, and it's not perfect, and it still runs crappy, and it's, hey, I don't want to drive it because it just it stalls and dies. You could always just put something else on, make it run perfect, but keep the other one around. Yeah. You know? Okay. It's not enjoyable if it dies all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate the call for us. All right. Thanks, guys. You, you bet. bet. All right, we're going to take a quick break on the Mr. Mechanic Show. We'll be back in a minute. The Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB is brought to you by Buchanan Service Center. Visit us online at buchananservice.com. Take News Radio 1110 KFAB with you wherever you go with our free iHeartRadio app. From live radio to KFAB's podcasts, it's all right there on your phone. All right, we are back at the Mr. Mechanic Show. We are in the final minutes. Let's get these calls done and get them fixed. Tim, 05 Impala, what's going on? Hello? Yep, and we're I here. I have a question. Sure. sure. Okay. Yep, and I have a question about the struts. Um, we just got new struts replaced, and I took it home okay, and everything seemed to be fine, but the next day I took it out. And when you turn the steering wheel, it's like a scraping sound. <laughs> Everybody in the car was like, what is that noise? And so we took it back to the shop, and they said, oh, they needed, because you can sit stationary and turn the wheel, and you can hear it sounds like scraping when you're turning the wheel back and forth. Mm-hmm. So I took it back to the shop, 
And they said, well, they needed, and they heard it. And so they said, well, we we tightened the struts, and and we don't hear it anymore. So, okay, I took it back home. It seems fine when I drive it home, but then the next day or so, this time it wasn't as bad. But like I said, again, when you turn the wheel, you, you hear a scraping sound. So I'm wondering, should I take it back in again? I guess I've never heard when you turn the wheel in a vehicle. It's not normal. Uh, it's not normal. Okay. Shouldn't do it. Didn't do it before, did it? No, it didn't. Okay. And that's why we're almost thinking, well, we should, maybe we should have just left the struts. <laughs> no, 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 no. So here's what happened. Um, a lot of these struts, when they go in, they can be mounted in, in they have four bolt holes, I believe, on that one. I think it's four. Yeah. A lot yeah. Of, so, yeah. I, I opened it up. I think you're right. Is it four, four or three? It, they, yeah. they vary. So... They have to be clocked right. They, correct. There you go. They Otherwise, gotta be, your mount's going to rub on the top of that spring. There you go. Kyle said it. That's the problem. I know this because it happened to us a long time ago. So you pull it out. Okay. What you do is you make a mark with a grease pencil, like for a tire, and you just kind of make it across there, and then you do, and we put it. We had the same problem. It just it looks been there, done that. Yeah, it looks exactly the same. Um, whether yeah, it's they in, can fit three different ways. They can fit three different ways, and they just didn't mark it as good as they should. So take it back and say, "Hey, I think it's clocked wrong," because those guys on the radio said so, and they'll fix your problem. Because yeah. we know it didn't happen okay. before, and right. you always take one step back and say, "Well, it didn't happen yesterday, and it happened today. Yeah. What, what did we do? Well, we put struts in. Let's go so, there. Yeah, it's, it, it, I, I it, it happens." Okay, it's cool. Not, I just didn't know if today with parts and stuff, because sometimes yeah. uh, I, I don't know if, if parts are as good as the original sometimes, it could, if it's that or what, how they do yeah, it. Yeah, it, it could be. I think it was just one of those deals that happens, and uh, it, it looks exactly the same out of, outside the car, but if you look a little closer yeah. at it, it's just probably clocked from 6 o'clock to 12 o'clock. It just needs to be flipped around, stuck in. You'll be fine. Take it back okay, to them. Cool. They'll get it right. Yep. Great. Thank you, guys. You, you bet. bet. Not a problem. All right. We're going to head over to Gary. Gary's got a uh, comment about fobs. Gary, what's going on? Yeah. I was just driving uh, and heard that guy's questions about his fob and the windows and sunroof opening. Yeah. And uh, like on my car, that's a that's a feature. When yeah. you're unlocking, if you hit the unlock button in a certain sequence, it'll do that. So yeah. it airs out the car quicker. Yeah, it is on some cars. I mean, like Volkswagens, you can hit one button and... All the windows rolled down, and the sunroof goes open, and and uh, it was kind of weird the first time I seen that happen. And and, and you're yeah. right; it, one of the things to do is check your owner's manual, and there are probably a sequence that we we're kind of talking about that off the air. In an 09 Honda, we've just done unlock and unlock, and have never really paid too much attention to it. But you're right; that you can look in your owner's manual, and there's a lot of different features on a lot of different cars that work differently in different combinations. I'm not aware yeah, of that being that in that Honda, but gosh, I don't know. Never looked. Yeah. But what car do you yeah, have? I, I have a uh, Honda Ridgeline, and oh. I it, I thought my car was haunted too one day because I went out and all the windows and sunroof were open, and I had to do some digging and found out and that it was a feature that. Yeah, you just looked in the that. owner's manual. Yep. Yeah, it's probably not something they told you when you bought the car, was it? No. Well, nope. It's, it's one of those hidden features. It's always fun to find out when it's when the rain's coming, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fortunately, mine was on a sunny day, so that wasn't too bad. Fair enough. Well, good. appreciate the call. That that helps out. Uh, I'll have uh, no callers listening, and Thanks. you can try that and see what happens. Appreciate it. Thanks for the call. 
yeah, those are just kind of, you know, weird things. I mean, there's too much on a car. You know, you, you get a you get a new car, you get a a thick an inch thick book. Yeah, and you know, you make it about four pages, and uh, you quit. You lose interest. You know, and that's the thing with options and cars. Like some people are all excited about that. Like, oh, I can hit this button and all my stuff opens. Like I was thrilled when I opened the console on my truck and there was a Kleenex box. Holding. Right. Well, can you imagine? <laughs> I mean, we could we could solve all this chip problem right now. We just need to put manual crank windows back in. We need to go back to the bare basics, like in 1972. Yeah. And all this chip problem goes away. What do you all think? Of it. All of it. I'm game. We don't need all this stuff on a car, do we? No. I'm- I- yeah, I lied. I guess I I'm game. I lied. I do. <laughs> well, <laughs> first so, world problems here. Okay. <laughs> All right, Rob. We're gonna go. We're gonna go over to Rob real quick. Rob, what's going on? Uh, I've got an '87 Ford F-150. This is the propane guy. Okay. And my my I have a draw in the in the truck. My alternator could my alternator be the draw? Sure. Um, it's not putting out any voltage. Sure. Could it be the draw? Yeah, absolutely. That diode stood shorted. Disconnect the uh, power cable off the back of the alternator and wrap it up in tape so it doesn't short out, and unplug your regulator and see if your problem goes away. Oh, okay. Can I ask you this real quickly then? So if I want to test to see if it's something else drawing, do I put my expensive snap-on digital voltmeter on the positive post? and start pulling stuff, is that how I do it, to see if it's something else? Well, you're going to break the post. So you're going to take the cable off the post, and you're going to hold your meter in between the cable you've taken off and your top post. That's going to tell you your actual drain. Then you start pulling fuses. Okay. Thanks, guys. You bet. Bye-bye. Yeah, that's a complicated thing there to to check for draws. So uh, I live for it. Well, yeah, (laughs) they they have new amp probes now. You don't have to do all that. You just kind of take an amp. $200 $200 amp probe, your snap-on thing, stick over top of there. Away you don't you have go. to do all that. So, All right, it's by the end of the show. I'm Bob. Kyle. We'll see you next week. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com.